Acts chapter 3. And our text for this morning is verse 6. Acts 3 and verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The opening verse of Acts chapter 3, even though it is made up of just a few words, nevertheless it makes very interesting reading. Look at the verse. We notice, and Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. There we notice their togetherness. Peter and John went to the temple together. That's, you don't often read that. Peter and John. For it's usually Peter and Andrew. Or James and John. But here we have Peter and John. Two men. Two men. Very different nature and temperament. They have very different personalities. But now we see them making their way together into the temple. Before they knew friendship as the disciples of the Lord. But here in this verse we see them enjoying fellowship as they made their way into the temple. So we have their togetherness and then we notice the temple. Here they entered the place of worship together. <coughs> Evidently they were going to a prayer meeting. We're told that Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour at the hour of prayer <coughs> now here we <coughs> have two men and the fact that they're going to the temple at the hour of prayer tells us that they were recognized as men of prayer. Look at the chapter 1 of Acts. Verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer. Look at verse 24. And they prayed and said, Thy Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. So there in the opening chapter of Acts we read that Peter and John and the others were individuals, men and women of prayer. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 
and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Three times we're told that Peter and John and others attended to the matter of prayer. Now, <coughs> Peter and John are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. It's good, isn't it? When Christians are recognized as men and women of prayer. No matter what these apostles had to do in the Lord's work, they did not forget to pray. They went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. So we have their togetherness. We have them in the temple. Then we notice the time. This is interesting. The hour of prayer being the ninth hour. The ninth hour is three o'clock in the afternoon. <coughs> the ninth hour is three o'clock in the afternoon. Now something very significant took place at the ninth hour go back there to Matthew chapter 27 <coughs> Matthew 27 verse 45 now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour three in the afternoon verse 46 and about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying Eli, Eli lama sabachthani that is to say my God, my God why hast thou forsaken me he then bowed his head and gave up the ghost that was at the ninth hour, three in the afternoon. You think of it. The ninth hour was the time when Christ, the bearer of our sins, laid down his life that we might be saved. Yes, it was the ninth hour, the ninth hour that would remind these apostles of Calvary the ninth hour it was a fitting hour for two men who loved their Lord and loved each other to be going into the temple at the hour of prayer and it is of course because of Calvary that our prayers are heard and our prayers are answered so whatever time we pray we think of Calvary because it is through the work of Calvary that we attend the prayer meeting and it is through the work of Calvary that our prayers are heard and our prayers 
her answer. Now as Peter and John, the two apostles, are entering the temple, we're told they met a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. Want to look at this lame man? First thing we consider about him is the helplessness of the man. Helplessness. Look here in Acts 3 tells us about the tragedy of this man's life. He tells us first of all about the man's problem. <coughs> this man with no name, no name, would only be recognized as the lame man who lay at the gate of the temple. It's the only way he would be recognized. He's the man with no name. And that was his problem. He was lame from his mother's womb. So he had that problem, first of all, from the day he was born. From the day he was born, he had this problem. Just as we all, listen, just as we all had a problem since the day we were born, yea, even before that, you might say, well, what do you mean? The lame man had this problem from the day he was born. We had a problem from the day we were born, even, even before we were born. Listen. Psalm 51 verse 5 In sin did my mother conceive me. And so there was our problem even at the point of conception. That's right. Every one of us was born in sin and shipping in iniquity. Everyone, that was our problem. And this poor man was born lame it was a problem he couldn't do anything about and listen my friend we have a problem every fallen son of Adam has a problem we can do nothing about it we of ourselves can do nothing about it because our problem is sin what can we do with our sin? We can't cure ourselves. The lame man couldn't cure himself. No. The problem we were born with, you can't do anything about it. And this dear man couldn't heal his lameness. Neither can you or I heal ourselves from sin. Notice also the lame man he was born with this problem. Not only was he born with it but he was also a burden to others. You see that? There we read 
and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they led daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful he was carried that tells us he was then a burden for his friends they carried him to the temple every day that he might sit at the temple and beg and ask alms so my dear friend today do you know that you are a burden on the heart of those who know you you're a burden and they express that burden every time they kneel in prayer every day they bring their burden to the Lord in prayer pleading that the Lord would save you that's their burden like the mother who was greatly burdened about her daughter listen she cried unto him saying have mercy on me you notice that this woman had a daughter we're told have mercy on me O Lord thy son of David my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil but she begins by saying have mercy on me O Lord she's praying for her daughter but then she says have mercy on me Matthew 15 verse 22 she wanted deliverance for her daughter but she wanted deliverance for herself she wanted delivered from her burden because that tells us this dear woman as she brought her daughter to the Lord in prayer she was burdened and she was basically saying Lord deliver my daughter and also Lord deliver me from this burden we notice the man's problem then we have the man's place the man's place he was led daily at the gate of the temple led daily every day at the gate of the temple verse 2 this lame man you could say had a place in this temple each time worshippers entered the temple the lame man was there and my friend wherever you're watching from or listening to me today you should know that you have a place in this temple this house this little building here on the Toronto Road you have a place here you say well, what do you mean you have a place here because every time prayer is offered your name is mentioned 
Whether it is in prayer meeting before the services and the prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, you may not always be here in person, but you're always here in prayer. Always here in prayer. For when we meet in the minister's room before the services, your name is mentioned. When we meet on a Wednesday night, your name is mentioned. So you're here. As we say, maybe not in person, but certainly here. Prayer. Your name is always on the lips of those who pray for your salvation. As well as the man's problem, the man's place, you have the man's pleading. So why was he led every day <coughs> at the temple gate, we're told, verse 2, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple? That's why he was there. Obviously, the poor man could not work, could not walk. But here we read, he was then at the gate of the temple to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So he pleaded for financial help to ease his day-to-day burdens. He did what so many others have done that we read about in the gospel. Mark chapter 10. Mark 10 verse 46. And they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a number of people blind Bartimaeus the son of uh, Timaeus sat by the wayside begging and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to cry out and say Jesus thy son of David have mercy on me so here Bartimaeus he was doing exactly the same thing as this lame man at the temple the lame man at the temple gate cried to the worshippers for help but their help was limited their help was limited because they couldn't cure him of his problem but Bartimaeus cried to the one who could help and heal him of his problem Jesus thy son of David that's right there's only one person that can help a sinner with their problem and that's Christ no one else cry out Barnabas that's what he did he cried out to the Lord and he was delivered of his problem Do you know just how? Do you know how you appear in the eyes of the Lord 
as a sinner. How God saves you as a sinner. Those who came to the temple, or would go to the temple, well, they saw part, they saw this man, them, from the day he was born. That's why they saw him. But how do we appear in the eyes of the Lord? Well, Isaiah tells us. Isaiah 1. verse 5 why should ye be stricken anymore ye will revolt more and more the whole head is sick and the whole heart failed from the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores they have not been closed neither bound up neither mollified with ointment as God's description of every sinner. Every one of us. No difference. The none can help, or none can heal, none but Christ. Wonderful, isn't it? Christ is able, has the power to help them he'll come to my only redeemer come to his infinite love come to the gate and his leading over to heaven above we've considered the helplessness of the man that leads us now to consider the healing of the man Upon seeing Peter and John enter the temple, the lame man asked the man. Verse 3. Then we read, And Peter fastened his eyes upon him. Verse 4. You know what these words tell us? They tell us that Peter Peter cared how many would have entered the temple that day and indeed every day and not cast an eye in the direction of this lame man but Peter did for we're told fastening his eyes upon him Peter and John's action showed that they cared. Listen to what one man said. Psalm 142, verse 4. No man cared for my soul. That's an awful state to be in. How sad for anyone to feel that way. No man cared for my soul. Well, there's not one unsaved soul here today that can say that. Not one. No one can say 
No man cared for my soul. I'll tell you something. I care. We care. Your friends care. But best of all, the Lord Jesus cares. That's why he led down his life on the cross of Calvary. Because, why? Because he, bless his name, because he cares. He cares. That's the Savior I worship. That's the Savior I preach. I preach a Savior who cares for sinners. I preach a Savior who loves sinners. Peter showed that Christ-like care but he fastened his eyes upon this man. Peter cared. I notice also Peter called. Yes, Peter said, look on us. And we read, and he gave heed unto them. Verse 5. Not interesting. Peter said, Look on us. And we then read, He gave heed. No, he didn't ignore Peter's call. He gave heed unto them. You know something? I wish and have prayed. that I could get the same response every time I preach the word every time I preach the gospel I often over the years of my ministry I have given the gospel call yet so many have not given heed haven't given heed the word is not where it's fallen on deaf ears even though I have pleaded even though I've sought to persuade sinners oh so many have not given heed to the gospel message what will happen today you give heed today as well as Peter cared fastened his eyes on him and Peter called saying look on us Peter cared Peter's called and Peter's Christ now Peter and John didn't have any money, silver and gold have I done. But something of more value in verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, I give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Notice how Peter directed the eyes of this man. Christ Peter knew 
that he couldn't make the lame man walk but he told them that Christ could neither I nor any other man no matter who they are no matter who they are can make a sinner whole none but Christ none but Christ can heal yet save the sin sick soul the hope for this man was not found in the apostles nor any other religious leader that found in Christ alone through them through today and if we're spared it the truth tomorrow none but Jesus so we have considered the helplessness of the man then the healing of the man finally the happiness of the man oh when Christ enters anyone's life then they have a joy they never knew they could ever have it is best explained by Peter himself later on in his first epistle Peter said yet believe me you rejoice being a believer you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory 1 Peter 1 verse 8 joy unspeakable this is the Lord describing the joy <coughs> that a believer has when he receives Christ the Savior unspeakable joy unspeakable that word unspeakable means cannot be put into words not amazing you receive a joy that you cannot put into words you receive a joy that you can't explain I say today my dear friend you're honest have you ever had a joy or a happiness like that? That to tell others about it, you really can't put it into words. That's what a person receives when they claim Christ as their Savior. They have a joy in their heart. A happiness they've never had before. and can't put it be put into words I told you before I believe whenever you used to have the bread cart come around the door 
Becker would open the back of his bread cart and pull the trays out and folk would come out and buy the bread or their pastry or whatever. There was a bread man in the town of Portadown. He got the name the Hallelujah Bread Man. Because whenever he got out of the truck and opened the doors and pulled the he was always singing. And singing hymns. And people would hear him as he went down the street and that's the name they got. The Hallelujah Bread Man. Why? Because he had a joy in his heart. He had a happiness. But they knew the Lord. He was a happy man. Here we notice then regarding <coughs> regarding this man's happiness. We see here the man walking. The Lord of whom Peter spoke healed this man, verses 7 and 8. <laughs> and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Because of what the Lord Jesus had done for him he was a changed man. What we read about in these verses, we would say he's a new man. He's a new creature. After what Christ did for him, the man himself would say, yes, I'm a new man. I can walk. I can jump and I can leap. No more being carried to the gate. No more begging. No more being helpless. And living a hopeless life. It's find new life in Christ. As Paul said, he was a new creature. New creation in Christ Jesus. There at the gate, beautiful. The lame man became a new man. So the Lord does for sinners. They become new men and women. The man walked. The man worshipped. Here was further evidence that the life of this man had changed. Yes, physically, but spiritually. <coughs> For the verse 8. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Into the temple. Into the temple. When what was the hour of, the, of, of that time? Was the hour of prayer. The man worshipped. Here was further evidence that the life of this man had been changed physically yes but spiritually also that's the mark of the true conversion the one saved life changed by Christ 
they begin worshipping the Lord. It's a sign that there's been a change in that person's life. The words of the psalmist becomes their testimony. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's what this man did. No sooner was he changed than he entered God's house. We see the man walking, we see the man worshipping, then we see the man witnessing. 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. God. And they knew that it was he which sat by for arms of the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. In other words, they saw the change. They saw the change. The man was witnessing. Because they saw the change. That's what happened, you see. When the Lord changes someone's life, people see the change. The individual not only knows the change, but others see the change. They were gambling. No more swearing or taking the Lord's name in vain. No more drink, no more drugs. They see the change. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came in my heart. And all wherever the word today is heard. I trust that you will heed. Give heed to what has been said. If you know not Christ, look to him today and live. The Lord bless his word. Let's bow in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank thee for the truth of thy word. Thank thee, Lord, for what thy did for this man, for what thy has done for sinners over and over and over again. For those here who are saved by grace, Lord, we thank thee that thou hast changed them. So, Lord, bless the word today. Use it to thy glory. Return us, Lord, to thy house this evening and bring others in to hear the word. Grant us all thy traveling mercy to make our way home. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, 
your abiding portion of and forever hope. Amen.